We have seen over the past few weeks in our journey through the book of 1 Samuel that this book is preparing the people of God for the coming of God's king and the coming of God's kingdom. Uh, We've uh, seen how God has uh, provided, uh, at first, the king of the people's own choosing uh, and, and judging them for their rejection of him as king But in his grace and his mercy, he has uh, provided uh, a king of his own choosing, David, who's going to bring in uh, the kingdom of God and rule after God's own heart. But we've seen that there is a, a greater king and truer, greater kingdom to come. And that is going to be only fulfilled in Christ. And we've seen that uh, what, as we're reading this book, what is called for, uh, for us as the people of God is to be uh, prepared for the coming of that king, to follow the king as we await the coming and the fullness of his, of his kingdom. Uh, what we're going to see in, uh, in chapter 28 this morning is that as we prepare and wait for and anticipate the coming of God's king and kingdom, that we must seek God. Uh, We need to seek Him while He may be found. We need to seek Him where He may be found. And we need to seek Him how He may be found. So please turn with me to chapter 28 of the book of 1 Samuel. If you're following along in one of the black Bibles there in your seats, this is on page 250. We left off last week in chapter, or in verse 2 of chapter 28, so we're going to pick up in verse 3. We're going to go all the way down to the end of verse 25. Remember where we left off last time? Achish, the king uh, of the, the Philistines, ruler in Gath, was raising up his forces to attack Israel. And now here we'll see Saul, the people's chosen king, his response to that attack and danger. So picking up there in verse 3 of chapter 28. Now Samuel had died, and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in Ramah, his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and the necromancers out of the land. The Philistines assembled and came and encamped at Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel, and they encamped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of Yahweh, Yahweh did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, Seek out for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other garments and went, he and two men with him, And they came to the woman by night, and he said, Divine for me a spirit, and bring up for me whomever I shall name to you. The woman said to him, Surely you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the necromancers from the land. Why then are you laying a trap for my life to bring about my death? But Saul swore to her by Yahweh, As Yahweh lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, Do not be afraid. What what do you see? 
And the woman said to Saul, I see a God coming up out of the earth. He said to her, What is his appearance? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he's wrapped in a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel, and he bowed with his face to the ground and paid homage. Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Saul answered, I am in great distress, for the Philistines are warring against me, and God has turned away from me and answers me no more, either by prophets or by dreams. Therefore, I have summoned you to tell me what I shall do. And Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, since Yahweh has turned from you and become your enemy? Yahweh has done to you as he spoke by me. For Yahweh has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David, because you did not obey the voice of Yahweh and did not carry out his fierce wrath against Amalek. Therefore, Yahweh has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, Yahweh will give Israel also with you into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons shall be with me. Yahweh will give the army of Israel also into the hand of the Philistines. And Saul fell at once, full length on the ground, filled with fear because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him, for he had eaten nothing all day and all night. And the woman came to Saul, and when she saw that he was terrified, she said to him, Behold, your servant has obeyed you. I've taken my life in my hand and have listened to what you have said to me. Now, therefore, you also obey your servant. Let me set a morsel of bread before you and eat, that you may have strength when you go on your way. He refused and said, I will not eat. But his servants, together with the woman, urged him, and he listened to their words. So he arose from the earth and sat on the bed. Now the woman had a fattened calf in the house, and she quickly killed it. And she took flour and kneaded it and baked unleavened bread of it. And she put it before Saul and his servants, and they ate. Then they rose and went away that night. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for graciously providing us with your word by giving us your revealed will. We thank you that you have spoken through the prophets. We thank you that now you have spoken through your Son and that in Him we behold our Father. Uh, We pray and ask this morning that you would continue to change our hearts. May we hear you in your word. May we respond to you as you are calling us. Uh, May we have our hearts and our lives more conformed uh, to the Scriptures, to the Word of God, and to Christ our Savior. In His name we pray. Amen. Uh, So kids, if you want words for the week to keep track of, and keep track of of these uh, while, where, and how. While, where, and how. Because what we want to see and what we're going to see in this, uh, this passage is that God's people must seek God while He may be found. God's people must seek God where He may be found. And God's people must seek God how He may be found. First, seeking God while He may be found. Remember that at the beginning of, of the book, although it was the people who desired to have a king like the other nations and who rejected God as being their king, God was still the one who selected and appointed Saul. 
He was God's anointed for that time. And remember at the beginning, the Spirit of God came upon him. God had equipped him to fulfill the purpose that he had been called to. God was, had given him the provision of guidance by which he could hear from the Lord, both through the Urim and the Thummim, which was uh, a, a means by which uh, the people could go to the, the priest and ask questions. And they would cast these, uh, these most likely stones before the Lord and be able to get uh, answers to the questions that they had. God provided the prophet, Samuel, uh, to, to guide and direct Saul and how he was to be king and what he was to do as king. But do you remember what God did to all of the, or what Samuel, or what Saul did with all of those opportunities and all of the provisions that God gave him by which he could hear and find and know God? Saul rejected it over and over and over again. He did not want to hear from the Lord his God. He did not want God to be king over him. He was king. But now, Saul is in a very different state of mind. And he wants to hear and find God. But you notice what this passage tells us? Look, over in verses 5 and 6. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of Yahweh, Yahweh did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. Now, in his fear, in his terror, he's wanting to seek and come before the Lord, and God does not answer him. For a while, God could be found by Saul, but now, not at all. Notice, that's the emphasis in the passage. It, it, it repeats those details over and over again. Look again, down in verse 15. When he's speaking to, to Samuel, Saul says, I am in great distress. The Philistines are warring against me, and God has turned away from me and answers me no more either by prophets or by dreams. Therefore, I've summoned you to tell me what I shall do. And then again in verse 16, when Samuel answers, he says, Then why do you ask me, since Yahweh has turned from you and become your enemy? Now, God cannot be found by Saul. He is not answering Saul's requests for guidance and for direction. In fact, Samuel says God has become Saul's enemy. See, the, the judgment of God for rebellious sinners is not something that will only occur on the last day when Jesus returns to judge the living and the dead. God does at times break in and bring His judgment to bear on rebellious sinners way before that. Uh, think, think about other places in, in Scripture with Pharaoh 
who continued to harden his own heart and rebel against God, the true one living and true God and king and ruler, and God in judgment hardened Pharaoh's heart in response to his continued rejection so that he could demonstrate the greatness of his name and that there was a God who would deliver and save in Israel. Remember what we saw earlier in uh, this book even with the sons of, uh, of Eli who were rebellious, scorning uh, the, the temple, the offerings, the sacrifices that were brought before God's people. And God's intention was to judge them for that rebellion. And they, it said in, earlier in 1 Samuel when we, when we read and looked at it that they would not listen to the words of their father and it says because it was God's will to put them to death. His judgment was breaking in and he was withholding repentance from them because of their continued rebellion against him. We're going to see later with Saul. It's going to break in. Samuel's just told him. We're going to see it in a couple of chapters. God's judgment will break in on him and he will suffer and he will die. This judgment against his sin. But here, it's breaking in in a special way. And over his life, he has rejected and scorned God's revelation. When there are opportunities and time for him to hear from God, he said, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And so now God in his judgment has said, then I will no longer answer you. I'm going to give you over to what you want and you can no longer be found by me. You have decided to be my enemy. Well, then Saul in judgment, I will be your enemy. You see, God is not obligated to respond to, listen to, and reveal himself to his creatures. Every instance of God's revelation to us has been a condescension of his grace and his mercy to us. Therefore, we need to be careful that any uh, exposure to the revelation of the will of God, we hear it that we recognize it for what it is, and that we respond appropriately. And that we seek God while He may be found. The Scriptures are clear of, of this. You are not guaranteed tomorrow. We see here Saul is not guaranteed to continue to hear from God. He's had that opportunity. God graciously provided it to him, and he rejected it. And God says, no more. The book of Hebrews, reflecting back on the hardness of God's people's heart, he says, if you hear God's voice, do not harden your heart. Today, if you hear His voice, respond in faith while it is still today because you are not guaranteed tomorrow. Do you have uh, desires, ambitions, plans in the future to seek God, to try to find Him? You've concluded and said, "Ah, that's something that I'll do later. Right now, I'm just going to live my life the way that I want to. Following God will be uh, to push 
away what I want to do. I want to be in charge. I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy what this world has to offer, and I'll seek them later. Would you hear the warning? And hear the message from the book of 1 Samuel that that is a very, very risky option to take. We must seek God while He may be found. And to harden your heart against God's pleas and His offers of mercy and His revelation of Himself to you is to take your life into your own hands. For God may judge you now and cease to reveal Himself to you. Therefore, while you can hear Him, respond. Do you hear His mercy this morning calling you to listen to Him? He's the one living and true God. We are all sinners deserving His judgment. We should all be His enemies. But He's patient, allowing every single one of us to still be alive. If you're a non-believer, God has allowed you to stay alive this long in His grace and His mercy that you might repent and turn and follow Him. Do you hear Him today? He can be found today. Do not harden your heart. While God may be found, would you seek Him? He's given Christ, the one true King, to come and suffer and die on behalf of sinners. Do you see yourself as a sinner? Or are you rejecting that truth and that look at yourself? Do you see Christ as the only way for salvation? God says this morning, come to Him. Do not think that you'll have time later to come in your 20s, in your 30s, in your 50s, in your 80s. Seek God while He can be found. There's others of you, though, who have a tender heart. You're constantly in fear that God is going to close off His ear and His love to you. You constantly are, are living, wondering, is what I, the sin that I just did, did I lose my salvation? Because of that, has God turned His back and His love and His ear from me? Hear this this morning. That evidence of that grief of the thought of God turning His ear from you and God not answering you, the longing to always be with and be known by your God, the only place that comes is from His Spirit. Would you hear and know the tender compassion of your God this morning? And that as you seek Him, and we'll look at this later and how we seek Him, but as you come to God through faith in Christ, He'll never reject you. He will never turn from you. And He will always be with you. What you need to hear this morning is the reminder and the comfort of the grace and provision that God provides. Those in Christ are never enemies of God. You are His beloved sons and daughters, and He will never lose you. We, as God's people, must seek God 
while he may be found, but also we need to seek him where he may be found. You notice in verse 3, it says this, Samuel had died and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in Ramah, his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and the necromancers out of the land. Mediums and necromancers. These are people that sought to communicate with the spiritual world, with spirits. First Corinthians, reflecting back on this, as people interact with spirits and, and, and other gods, really what they're communicating and talking and engaging are demons. Necromancers were seeking to, through these spirits or these demons, seeking to communicate and talk with those who had already died. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, listen to why Saul would have put the necromancers and the mediums out of the land. Why they would have been punished. In verse 9 of chapter 18 of the book of Deuteronomy, when you come into the land that Yahweh your God has given you, you shall learn to, you shall not learn to follow the abominable practices of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering. Anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a necromancer or one who inquires of the dead. For whoever does these things is an abomination to Yahweh. And because of these abominations, Yahweh your God is driving them out before you. You shall be blameless before Yahweh your God. For these nations which you are about to dispossess, listen to fortune tellers and to diviners. But as for you, Yahweh your God has not allowed you to do this. God is saying, you are different and distinct from the nations. I'm giving you this land to live for me and my glory and to demonstrate to the world that there is one living and true God who is dwelling among the people of Israel. You aren't to be like the Canaanites who seek after these spirits. Why, why would you want to go after these other gods or try to seek uh, wisdom or insight or, or try to understand about the future or what's going to happen to your life? Do you not know who the God is that you serve? Do you not know who the God is who has redeemed and saved you? The one living and true God, the sovereign one over all things, who has called you His people. You don't need to pursue after these other gods. These other avenues of wisdom and insight. Because you have a God whom you can trust. Notice, how he says that he is going to reveal himself to his people. You don't need to go after these necromancers and these mediums and these diviners. In verse 15 of chapter 18 of Deuteronomy, Yahweh your God will raise up for you a prophet like me among you from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. Just as you desired of Yahweh your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let me not hear again the voice of Yahweh my God, or see this great fire any more lest I die. And Yahweh said to me, They're right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth. And he shall speak to them all that I command him. 
And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how may we know that the word that... uh, uh, how shall we know the word that Yahweh has not spoken? Well, when a prophet speaks in the name of Yahweh, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that Yahweh has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid. Notice what God is saying. There is a way that you can know and hear my commands. You can know my revelation and my revealed will to you. And it is through my prophet. I'm going to raise up other ones after Moses who will communicate and speak to the people my will for them, my direction, how they are called to live faithfully according to my covenant. Here we see that this is something that Saul is completely rejected. He's put this away. Uh, Every avenue that God has given by which His people can understand and know His will, Saul has rejected forcefully. Remember his denial of everything that Samuel called him to do? Remember how Saul sought and slaughtered all the priests of Nob? Saul continues to put himself away and is not seeking God where he may be found, and even now we see him double down on it. Before, he has put the necromancers out. He knows that's forbidden. And now he knows that God has, is not revealing himself to Saul. Saul's trying to inquire, God, where are you leading me? What am I supposed to do before the Philistines? And once since he's not hearing from the Lord, notice what he does in verse 7. Then Saul said to his servants, Seek out for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a medium in Endor. And then when Saul uh, comes to her and meets with her, she asks him uh, to uh, divine a spirit, he says in verse 8, and bring up for me whomever I shall name to you. And the woman said to him, Surely you know what Saul has done, how he cut off the mediums and the necromancers from the land. Why then are you laying a trap for me to bring my life, uh, to, uh, for my life to bring about my death? Uh, here, uh, Saul is, is saying, because God is not revealing himself to me through these other means, I'm going to go another route. And I know that this has been uh, declared by God to be a way that I should not seek His will. It's an abomination to the Lord, something that He detests. It's a reason that He's bringing it in to the nations in Canaan. But Saul says, this is the way I'm going to go. We might say, but didn't it work? Didn't Saul in this instance, he wasn't hearing from the prophets. He slaughtered the priests, so there was no hearing from the Urim or the Thummim. But here, didn't he go to this medium? And wasn't she able to contact Samuel? And didn't he hear from her? Well, yeah, he, he, he does. Uh, and that, that shouldn't surprise us. Notice, God isn't uh, forbidding for the, the people to go and seek out these uh, necromancers and these mediums because he says it doesn't work. He says it's because I am your God and I am the one who directs you. 
Do not give yourself over to these evil means by which you are demonstrating that you're not trusting in me. There's life after death. We know that. Think about Enoch in Genesis. He walked with God and he was no more. He didn't die. He continued to live in the presence of the Lord. Or to think about Elijah later, who's going to be taken up in a fiery chariot again, like Enoch, not die, but continue his existence before the Lord. Or to think about in the Gospels, when Jesus appears on the Mount of Transfiguration, who appears with him? Moses and Elijah. Moses had died, but there, in some way, he appears still in existence after death. See, we don't live in just a material world. We live in a world that is both spiritual and material. And here, this woman, this medium, has had practice of speaking and seeking demons and spirits to communicate with people from the past. But in this instance, no. She's never spoken to Samuel before. You notice she's afraid when Samuel appears? It's as if the spirit or the demon that she's used to communicating to isn't who she sees this time. Do you notice how she was afraid? He says, whom are you going to bring up? And he says, bring up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman said to Saul, why have you deceived me? You are Saul. And the king said to her, do not be afraid. What do you see? And the woman said, I see a God coming up out of the earth. What's his appearance? An old man is coming up and he's wrapped in a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel and he bowed with his face to the ground and paid homage. Here, God is the one who is at work, allowing Samuel to come back and speak to Saul in judgment. Notice, the information that Saul gets from Samuel at this point is nothing new. It's exactly what Samuel has been telling him all up to this point. God has rejected you. You are not going to be king anymore. He's given it to David. Saul here is coming. What am I supposed to do before the Philistines? Do you not remember what Saul told him he's supposed to do before the Philistines when he was anointed as God's king? You're going to deliver the people from the Philistines. Yet Saul continues to, to huddle away in fear. Here, God in his judgment is revealing himself to Saul and confirming his rejection and underscoring the fact that up to this point, you have had my revelation. You have been able and had the opportunity to seek and find me, and you have rejected it. God here is calling and pointing us as his people to remember and know there's only one place where we can find our God, and it's in the means that he has provided for us in his word, through his prophets, through the scriptures. The book of Hebrews tells us that in former days, God revealed himself through his prophets. But in these last days, he's revealed himself to us through his son. As the people of God, do you want to know where you can find your God? It's in his word. It's through Jesus, our prophet, our priest, and our king. The one that God promised would come the prophet, like Moses, has come. 
The king, like David, has come. The true and greater priest has come. Do you want to find God? The only way to do it is to come to Him through Christ, revealed in His Word. What that means is that there's no need for us, as the people of God, to try to seek and find insight, revelation, information about the future. Our call is to trust and walk with our God. Do we want to know what the will of God is for us as His people? It's this. Walk with Him in faith into an uncertain future that you don't know anything about except for this. Jesus is coming. His kingdom will reign. It will last forever. And you can trust Him. But how many times are we prone to fear? Worried about what's going to happen tomorrow? Worry about what's going to happen next week? Christians may be tempted to think maybe there is something in horoscopes or zodiac signs or astrology. I'm unsure about what's going on. I want as much information as possible. Why not seek and find out what I can from these ways of connecting to the spiritual world? God says that is forbidden. You are my people. I have bought you with the blood of my son. You are my sons and my daughters. I'm not hiding anything from you because I'm trying to be cruel. I want you to walk with me in faith and trust, and obedience. Depend and rest and hope in me. Don't seek after these other things. Some of us may say, well, I'm, I'm not seeking after astrologers. I'm not going to seances and trying to speak to the dead. Do you ever those think and look for signs? Unsure about what you're supposed to do and so you read or see something in the paper or something just so happens to happen that day? Have you ever heard Christians say, well, I took it as a sign that God wanted me to do this or God wanted me to do that? Is that not seeking and trying to find the will and the direction of God in a place other than which He has revealed Himself to us? He's given us His Word. He's given us His Son. We don't need signs. God doesn't reveal Himself through signs. He's definitively revealed Himself to us in the person and work of Christ and in the Scriptures. And He's given us His Spirit. Do we want to find God? Do we need to know who He has called us to be and how He has called us to live? Then let's go to Christ. Let's go to Him in His Word where He may be found. Not in spirits. Not in signs. Who knows whether you're interpreting them correctly or not. Also, not speaking to the dead. The Catholic Church has a, a history of praying to dead saints, thinking that, that, that praying to these dead folks will give them some sort of extra connection before God that they don't have presently. Do you not realize you don't need that? You're forbidden to pray to and talk to the dead. Because you have one mediator between God and man. Who is that? It's the God-man Jesus. And He rules and He reigns now. You do not need to speak to anyone else. You can go directly to your God. We must seek God while He may be found. We must seek Him where 
he may be found in his word and through the Son. And lastly, we must seek him how he may be found. Notice, Saul is aware that God's not speaking to him. Do you notice that? He mentions it a couple of times. It's clear to him, God is not responding to me. I could come to him before and ask things and I would get an answer. Now, nothing. You notice, Saul's response is never to consider and think, have I, have I sinned? Have I angered my God? Have I offended Him? Am I in the wrong? No. Instead, he continues to seek after ways to offend, to sin against, and rebel against God. First, he goes after the, to seek a medium and a necromancer, to seek and speak to the dead. But did you notice what he said when he went there? In verse 10. She's worried that she's going to die because she knows what God's Word said. Saul at one point was uh, carrying out what the penalty was for these things. But now, in his rebellion, notice what he says. But Saul swore to her by Yahweh in verse 10. As Yahweh lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Saul here is taking the Lord's name in vain. He is saying, I'm going to swear by God and call Him to witness that I'm going to disobey Him. And I'm going to allow you to continue to sin and together we're going to participate in rebellion against God and call Him to bear in the midst of it. No. You see His heart continuing to double down in sin and rebellion. And even as it continues to go on, Samuel communicates the judgment to Saul. You have been rejected because you did not listen to me when I called you to, uh, to punish the Amalekites in my judgment. Uh, later, if you read in uh, 1 Chronicles, when it also reflects back on this, another reason that Saul is being rejected by God is because he's seeking uh, insight and inquiring of the medium and the necromancer and not seeking an inquiring of the Lord. God is judging him for that. But notice how Saul doesn't respond. You ever see him responding in humility and repentance? I saw fear. I saw terror. I saw a prolonged time of, of deep depression where he would refuse to eat and be comforted by anyone. Finally, in uh, the, the end of the chapter, is the, 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 the medium comes and speaks to him and his friends say, oh, what you need to do, Saul, is you need to eat. And finally he eats. And do you notice how the chapter ends? They rose and they went away that night. But never, never does Saul humble himself before God, repent of his sin and rebellion, and call out for mercy. The Scriptures tell us that God opposes the proud. He is an enemy of the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. How do we seek God? How do we find God? It's by humbly coming to him in repentance through Christ, the king that God has provided. All of us should be enemies of God. He should be completely and utterly opposed to us every single second of every day that we live. 
But in His mercy and in His grace, He extends the offer of forgiveness and reconciliation. And we can be made right with Him through the provision He has provided. How do we gain access to that? It's by humbling ourselves before our God, recognizing when He reveals our sin to us, how deep of a need of Christ we are, how gracious He has been, that our King would become the enemy of God so that we could be brought in as His friends. Who, who is this God? Why would He respond that way to me? Why would He respond that way to you? Do you hear His grace and His mercy? If you hear Him this morning, do not delay. What sin is there lingering in your heart and your mind that you're just pushing off? Trying to silence the conviction of the Holy Spirit. God's tender revelation to you of your sin and of your need to turn to Him. While He may be found, would you hear Him? While He may be found, would you respond to God as He's speaking to you in His Word? And respond with repentance, faith, trust, and confidence in Christ your King, knowing that there you will find forgiveness and acceptance. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank You for the hope of the Gospel. We thank You that we who have placed our faith and our hope in You are no longer enemies of God. Give us ears to hear. May we never silence Your speaking to us through the Scriptures. May our ears and our hearts always be tender to the conviction of Your Spirit through the Word. May we flee to You. May we long to hear from You in Your Word. May we respond. Because our deepest desire, Lord, is to be made like Christ. Would You do that? Speak and transform and change Your people today. May we leave here humbled and hoping and trusting and resting in Christ. Amen.